this is Atkins. And Batman Beyond Mark. From the Hero Notes pod, it should be said, uh, you leave that part off, I think, too far, uh, far too often. Throw your projects out there, man, loud and proud. Uh, I mean, Hero Notes, uh, have Hero Notes, and then I do a bunch of stuff over on Weird Science's uh, Patreon stuff for, uh, and this is gonna, this is gonna be a shock to everyone, uh, Batman Beyond content. No way, get out. I know, I know, it just surprises everybody, (laughs) just... For the longest time, I keep seeing like the collected Batman Beyond series uh, at Walmart, and I think I really should get this, and I never do. I oh, really the need to get Blu-ray? it. Yeah, yes, I need to do, do the it. same thing for Batman Taz too, and I still I just haven't pulled the trigger on it. They're both um, great. They're both oh, absolutely fantastic. I know this as objective fact, but I'm so hesitant to spend money most of the time. The last like collected thing I bought was uh, the '80s, '90s uh, Ninja Turtles collected. Uh, because I contribute to a podcast uh, that's doing a full rewatch and review of all that stuff. But I mean, um, plus both, I just both love of the those shows are just—they're such classics, and it's—it's it's so much easier to just have it right there on your shelf than trying to figure out which streaming service they're on at any given moment. I had started a rewatch of Batman the Animated Series at one time when it was streaming somewhere, and was reading. I found a blog of a guy who was going through watching it. Um, episode by episode and doing like a critique and analysis um, and had gotten through like half a dozen or maybe 10 episodes before I just stopped and I, I couldn't tell you why. Uh, I guess probably because I didn't have the Blu-rays. <laughs> I need to remedy all of the above. But speaking of superheroes, speaking of, uh, you know, switching from DC to Marvel, there was an <laughs> announcement that has been quite uh, quite the source of much discontent i think generally is the overtone that i keep getting from twitter um that the creative team behind mha vigilantes uh that would be hidayaku furuhashi and betancourt have been tapped to produce a marvel manga it has been titled spider-man colon across the spider-verse or excuse me it's just called my hero academia good lord (laughs) i can't read it's called spider-man colon octopus girl um, they're, they put like all of the author's credentials right in front of the, yes. uh, the title. And so I was reading all of it at once. So Spider-Man co Octopus Girl, uh, and it seems like the concept is Dr. Octopus, the male Dr. Octopus. Apparently there's a female one. I was uh, yes, unaware, unaware yes, of this. they're, um, uh, in the Marvel multiverse, there's several, there's, there's at least one on 616 though. Pro- I'm pretty sure she's dead. Uh, and then if in the, even in the original, um, uh, Spider-Verse film, uh, Doc Ock and that live was, uh, it, it was a female Doc Ock. Um, but this is, this is, this is the, the classic Otto Octavius Doc Ock. Yep. Um, and I believe if once again, this stuff was being translated, uh, that this is an official tie-in to across the Spider-Verse. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. Uh, in some way, whether that's this Spider-Man is going to appear in the background, whether that's, uh, which would mean that this has been in production for a while, or if it's just like, oh hey, yeah, no, like here's here's just a little thing with marketing. We're doing this, we're doing this little manga. Um, but no, but as you said, things have been all over the place because I know, I, I believe this news broke. It was either first thing this morning or like last night, something like that. Uh, but it was like uh, I know I, I messaged Luke, uh, my co-host on Hero Notes, and we were both pretty much like, well, this is clearly their dream project because. Uh, they're they're both very well known Marvel fans, and and yeah, they and wanted it's very to do evident Spider-Man. inside of Vigilantes as well. Yes, uh, I mean Koichi is based on Spider Man, which is funny because so is Midoriya. 
Right. But, but regardless, it's it was something where it's like, oh, this is awesome. And then we got more information about it. And I'm like, excuse me, what? <laughs> yeah, so the official plot synopsis so far is that it's going to follow the iconic Spider-Man villain, Dr. Octopus, who falls into a coma and awakens in the body of a Japanese middle schooler named Odaha Oku Tamiya. So it's in a it's in a isekai. Is that how that isekai. word is pronounced? Isekai. But this is this is a this is a um, at least to to U.S. audiences. This would probably be like this is a a subgenre. I've heard of it before. Like a genre where it's like somebody goes into a coma and then they're they're basically isekai and then they eventually wake from the coma and and they're they're you know the isekai happened or was it a dream or something like that. So it's like this is this is just very weird. This is this is very weird, even by Marvel standards. But it doesn't feel that weird based on manga standards, which might also be the problem. No, and there are some parallels to be drawn between um, Spider-Man, Colin, Octopus Girl, and the superior Spider-Man, where Otto Octavius uh, switched consciousnesses with Peter Parker. Kind of, sort of, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Marvel science stuff, you know, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and that run of the comics is actually really good if you haven't read it uh it's funny because i i agree that I, I i like most of that that run but it was really funny to see other people being like oh why are they doing oh this is gonna be even worse than the than the when they did this in the comics and it was just like yep this is twitter this is twitter everybody yeah. <laughs> and th- there is there is no single take well i saw a lot of the blowback seemed to be because of a couple of choices made um by the creative duo in vigilantes uh the three that i saw i think came up the most frequently was um soga's sexual assault um a bunch of like upskirt kind of shots of pop who was an adolescent uh and then there was some other oh uh the sturm and drang brothers came up a couple times um as questionable (laughs) pieces of content from vigilantes oh the 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 three yeah, the three yeah. guys with slide and glide that, that equivalent one, quirks. That one, that is just a that is unfortunately just a trope in Japan. Like that, that like the the panty, like yeah, that's that's a trope. I mean, you have um oh from Rama half um oh oh uh, Habosai. Granted, Habosai is exclusively shown to be like always gets beaten up for it. But it's like that's a very old trope. I can't say I'm the, a big fan of it, but it's like that's just a thing that they that is a comedy thing over there. Yeah, and I mean it's perp- it's an act perpetrated by people that are clearly villains, and they get their comeuppance, and it's and it's played very obviously as a gag. Now the other two things, say, and, and and it's never portrayed as a good thing. Just right. The other two, you know places of contention especially the sexual assault like yeah that one's a little bit harder to defend and that was definitely a tough very dark part of the vigilantes run for sure yes if there's one genuinely awkward thing in vigilantes it's that uh not that i don't like that that group got character development and they they became a lot better people and good characters that they weren't just one-off villains at all (laughs) right it remains to be seen. I will be reading it because I think, like like you pointed out, I think that there's um, there is a certain kind of it feels almost like a reward to to these two creators uh, being able to get their hands on the Spider Man Marvel property and do something fun with it. Uh, and who knows, maybe it'll make for fun filler content because um, it'll be 
my hero content by way of it being creators what did my hero stuff before um <laughs> so it won't be like uh actual like full-on episode stuff but we'd, we would label it as filler if we covered it at all but yep. i'll be reading it for fun i mean i was uh pretty surprised by the announcement i had no idea that it was coming and the spider-man um, they showed off with it looks great like it, it's yeah. a, the the opening thing and i believe it's jump plus starting on june 20th if memory serves it is uh as of as of this recording i do not believe or I haven't seen any confirmation that we would uh, be seeing an English release or at least a same day English release that that might be wrong. That might be different by release date. Don't know. Well, we'll keep an eye out on it. And, uh, you know, if you're listening and you have feelings, thoughts or opinions about um, the 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 direction that that comic is going to go in, the concept um, of Otto Octavius being a an adolescent not even a teenage girl, probably, um, you know, junior high. Uh, let us know in the comments, you know, um, jump into the Discord or, or tweet at uh, tweet at us at Almighty Pod. I think I forgot to mention that entirely in the last episode because I'm a terrible <laughs> podcast host. But uh, that's where we live and breathe and move and, and interact with folks. But we're also here to talk um, <laughs> about air quote team up missions, uh, specifically chapters 12 through 13. And I think we ended off last episode being like, hey, if... Uh, if you don't want to have these spoiled, you should read them before this episode. I feel bad for having encouraged people to do so now. Uh, Has I didn't anybody read ahead, in the so Discord I, actually done that? I, probably not. Um, and that's honestly for the better. I would. I feel bad after having read them a couple of days after saying that. I was like, oh no, I have, I have encouraged something that <laughs> had I known, I would not have encouraged. Uh, so really what we're doing is a public service. We're, we're reading this stuff and we're condensing it into uh, consumable bite-sized chunks and critiquing it so that you don't have to have put your eyes upon this material, really. Yeah, um, these, if you were to have told me that these were school briefs chapters that they had decided to draw and adapt, uh, I wouldn't have been shocked. That would probably would make look more way more sense, and honestly, would probably look more favorable on them. Yeah, having read the actual one and been like, "Oh, this is so much better." It's not good, but it's an improvement. So, does that hold up with uh, you had said previously that school briefs would be better if they were drawn? So you you kind of get the sense that maybe that's kind of what we have here. That is, and we're we're still kind of down on them. <laughs> yes, but the but the difference with that is it's okay. I've read the I've read the written version of it, and mm. it was bad. If I had some pretty pictures, I there would be some improvement. There would be there. some improvement because it would also mean we would get far less of the the narration. Well, this these two chapters uh, prove that uh, the the animation doesn't make something that's mediocre or worse really good um nope <laughs> so, and i'm gonna be honest let's see uh the color pages um are how to put this um they're i don't care for them neither one correct correct uh yeah. I, I, don't, I still maintain I don't the, the first one from 10 i believe it was uh really like that one genuinely like that one um this one i'll give you is better than 11s yeah, better than 13s but 13s is odd we'll just say 13s, it's odd uh 12s 13s is, is one of those where it's like i can respect the craftsmanship with 
Like this was very well constructed from like an uh, artistic skill standpoint. Mm-hmm. But that's that's as far as I'm going to give it. Well, mission number 12 is called Shinso's Errand. Uh, and the two page, what would have been colored spread features Shinso, Midoriya, uh, Saro and Ida posing in street clothes. Um, they all are, you know, they're just uh, they're just wearing they're going to the mall. I mean, they all they all end up at the mall. And, and I'll um, be honest, Saro is the only one who I'm like, OK, so you gave him his kind of just normal, casual outfit, but then you dressed everybody else up. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Everybody else is in like slacks and a button, uh, button up shirt. Uh, only one of whom has that tucked in, though. Um, you, you know, I'll give Saro Ida, this. Of course, I'll give Saro this. This could be because he just kind of dresses. He dresses nicer most of the time, so everybody else might have just had to get up onto his level. Yeah, he's wearing loose fitting clothing, a lot of patterns, like kind of bandana esque. Um, patterns on his pants and on like this scarf that he's wearing he definitely looks the most comfortable of the four yes he also looks the most stylish as it's like no he's going for he's going for a look that that i mean it's it's very clear that the that it's like no this is this we've seen him in this kind of thing before like in the main series so it's like okay what are the other guys and i hope you like the way that Ida's awkwardly holding his face because it comes up again later in this chapter Uh, yeah and it's odd both times. I've never seen anybody hold their face this way, and I, now I've seen it twice in the span of 25 I mean, pages of I mean, I, I've seen people hold their face like that when they're being overly dramatic, but I, I will say <laughs> that when we do see this again from a different character, it works in that panel. Yeah, it's basically he's got his uh, his hand on his face with his pinky on one side of his nose and the other four fingers on the opposite I, side. I will say it is far strange. more awkward here than when it shows up oh, later. Yeah. Like, it's, it's yeah, genuinely yeah. awkward. As you can tell, we're avoiding the chapter. Um, yeah, we, we just need to get but into we, it, But we <laughs> open with an establishing shot of outside because we're now inside of uh, Class 1A's dorm. Uh, and it's Monoma. My my everybody knows my, my totally my favorite character. I can't I <laughs> I don't despise this person. <sighs> and um he's 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 shown up and he's just being annoying and I just like how I just like how one A is just like oh my god him again. Yeah, they uh Which they I barely tolerate mine. I appreciate because that was that was my reaction to flipping the page over the first time, be like, oh, him again. And then immediately yeah. the first <laughs> thing said like thought by um Kirishima is him again. Yep. So we he's here to ask one A how much thought they've put into Shinso's impending transfer, presumably to uh one of the hero classes. Uh so Saro points out nobody knows which class he'll join. And Monum was like, well, that may be true and all, but we have kind of put in a lot of effort into luring him or persuading him to join Class 1B. And what he means is they have already dressed up a room specifically designed for him. It includes a a soundproof booth so he can focus uh, and train without distractions and a bunch of psychology books to perfect his battle tactics. Uh, So 1A is officially behind on 1B, at least so far I, as my I will see. say, the one that says make others do your, and then there's the beginning of a B right there, and I'm like, that's concerning that book is so large. It's uh, bidding. That's what that is. It's B-I-D. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just like, that's also not a small book. That's concerning. Um, 
like like how, how whatever um but i do but it's not even that it's monoma has like he he is brought over and then there's just a whiteboard or like a magnet board that's just there kind of if you look hard enough that he's he's actually yeah, put he's the, the whole document with magnets on, up there like a, yeah. a nicely formatted document with pictures about like the room and stuff like that and it's like i'm sorry what is happening here he's been known to do this though I know. like what was the thing that he presented to 1a on the whiteboard last time that he did a big I, presentation what was it I, I don't remember you're you're not wrong though but it's like no no he he's gone hard with this and kendo is nowhere in sight so he's he's yeah. managed to get he's away from leash. kendo probably yeah. Tetsu, 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 Tetsu is distracting Kendo. Well, he's rubbing... The, I uh, Before we get into um, 1A's response to all this, I do really like... There's not much that I will uh, highlight as really good in, the, in either of these missions, to be honest, but I do like the uh, the added wrinkle uh, to Shinso's powers that it relies a lot on manipulation and psychology. Mm. I think that's a cool thing um, to have built out and made a little bit more explicit with the inclusion of these books. Um, I liked that. Yes. Um, but yeah, so he just he just kind of is just, you know, yelling at everybody about ha ha ha, we're going to get him. You guys suck. Oh, he doesn't say that, but yeah, he says that. <laughs> and, and, then he's, and then, yeah, he's like, I can't wait for him to transfer. And just uh, Kavanaugh just yells at him to go home and then door slams closed. And then we can even see this. This has gotten to Kirishima. And all I can say is, why are you acting out of character? This is Monoma. <laughs> yeah, I think that they I, I read this as, you know, not being so much stirred up by Monoma so much as they they really do genuinely want Shinzo to be a part of 1A. And now they feel like they are at a disadvantage. And, and that's what really fuels their fire. Not that Monoma came in and and stoked that fire with what class one B did so much as they're like, Oh crap. Like if we want Shinso, we've, we've got to address this right now, especially because they find out that uh, Shinso is going to be visiting that day. Um, because of course he trains with Aizawa, which makes this whole thing. Like I had mentioned to you before we started recording this, this chapter really could have been what the, the five pages long because as Monoma finishes saying, well, we already dolled up a room for him. All one, a had to do was go, well, we have an Aizawa and that would be the end of that. Like, yeah, he's he's going to probably lean towards the class what has his mentor and tutor inside of that very building as his main teacher. Well, well so. not even that. Like it may it makes it easier to just Yeah. Like when when they're doing quirk training, it just makes it easier instead of him having to them having to coordinate one person switch it, going to different classes for stuff. It's like, yeah. He just he just yeah. goes with Aizawa. Um, should have been the beginning that's uh we have significantly improved the the entire state of this chapter by just having it end that would be like a fitting even um almost like a a smash little panel where monom is like oh yeah we've done all this to lure uh shinso to 1b and they just go well we have aizawa like if you can't you oh can't my top God, that i wish smash had gone longer i'm, I'm, sa yeah, I'm sad now because that that would have been exactly how it went down and it would have just been hilarious. And then the next, the next like uh, set of panels would have been like Kendo coming to collect them and be like, "How badly, how badly did he take it?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as it is, one um, A mobilizes uh, Midoriya, Sero, and Ida to go to the uh, the mall, the Got It All Mall, um, very cleverly named Got It All Mall, uh, to do some shopping to dress up this room for Shinso in advance of his training with Aizawa that evening. Yes, uh, and then we, we cut over to the mall where we see that Shinzo's there, and then we flash back 
to the training. Um, a pr- uh, yeah, prior training. Uh, yes, so prior training where uh, he, he's pretty much, or Aizawa finds out he's going to the mall to pick up some stuff. Um, and then Aizawa asks him to uh, basically as a favor, as like a genuine favor to pick something up for him. And he hands him like a piece of paper with the stuff written on it. Yeah, he just asks him to just pick this thing up. And Shinso's like, well, I'll be there anyway. So it's it's no big deal. And Shinso, as he enters the mall, is met uh, by a character named Tenko Tejina, um, who I, I really like the concept of this role inside of a mall. I don't know how many you could have reasonably as far as like payroll is concerned. Um, but him just kind of meeting you there saying, if there's something that you need to find, I'll take you right to it. I like that concept. Uh, but we also learned that there's a lot more to Tenko Tejina's role inside of the mall. Um, they did a good job of, uh, kind of developing him, his reasons for being there, the reasons for his over the topness at the beginning yeah, of this chapter I, as well. I do think it would work. A, it would have worked a little bit better because, because it feels, it feels very awkward and forced that he, out of all the people we see walking by, he goes right up to Shinzo over anybody else. Yeah. Um, now, if it would have been something where he had been doing some stuff, and then he was like, hey, can you help me find this? And he was like, oh, yes, no, no problem. Like, I, I'm here to assist. I feel like that would have made this beginning part feel much less forced. Like, if he's looking at the thing, he's like, I cannot find this store. Yeah, yeah, like he looks frustrated, and that's how he gets or, uh, or he singled looks, out. He's looking at the the stuff, and then looks frustrated, and then the guy comes up. Like just any of those little things would have been so much better. Because I think that that's what's supposed to be happening here. I yeah. think that it, yeah. the intention is is he's looking at it with a piece of paper, and then the guy comes up. That is not conveyed well. Yeah, he could have. It could have been conveyed without any extra effort if Shinso had just been staged in front of one of those maps of the mall. The thing is, is that like we see him go into the mall to look at the registry, then we get the flashback panels, uh, and then it's him with a piece of paper looking up. And then this guy approaches, and and then now we're in the middle of the hallway. Um, And and there hasn't been any movement in that time. So it's that whole thing of it's like, no, if you you could have just added a panel or switched a panel around to do something that would have helped this conveyance. Cause right now it's bad. We also get Chekhov's heroes, costumes and items exhibit at, uh, here at the bottom of page uh, eight, where he's kind of giving Shinso an unnecessary tour of all the things that a mall offers. And he points out that they have this new exhibit um, that is exclusive and that he's like, yeah, you can check it out whenever you want. And so because it has been highlighted, uh, it will feature prominently at some point or another. They're not just going to go out of their way to say, hey, we have this neat thing and then not circle back yeah, around and, to it. And but this could have been done so much easier. It's like if, if they're going to the thing, he's like, oh, I can lead you there. And then he sees him looking over and he's like, oh, hey, we have this hero exhibit. Feel free to, to go in and look around. Like, there's so many little ways to have brought all this stuff in without it being as forced as it is. Then we get a page of basically uh, Tejina being asked by all of these other employees from all manner of uh, shops and stations within the mall, just asking him to do all sorts of of work. While he's helping a customer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess he's kind of working up a, a mental to-do list as he goes. Uh, this guy's like, hey, take this up to the top floor. Do you mind helping stock shelves? He's go- He sees some overburdened, maybe old person that he wants to help carry the stuff out to the car. And um, he's very 
passionate or very engaged. He doesn't seem like he's frustrated by all of this. Um, in fact, he verbalizes that ensuring the customer's well-being is the employee's duty. And when he feels like um, he's frustrated Shinso in this in this regard, he uh, he demures and basically offers to shave his head in an, in a, a show of shame, basically. Yes, and this entire like page, especially that bottom panel, I was like, is this guy actually the villain? <laughs> <laughs> it did seem like that a little bit. But but the thing is, is that he, his whole thing is he's just trying to make sure that he has everybody's trust. Um, and we're just kind of left at, huh? Uh, which is, and then we, we cut over to uh, our 1A students at the mall. And I love the f- fact that Ida... Now, this part feels on brand. Ida is just yes. like, okay, we need to get this all done right now. And uh, Saro has just gotten like a drink. Um, and he's like, it's it's cool, dude. We don't we don't need to get all like crazy about this. Midoriya has gone to find, you know, the new the new uh or all my chips with some new packaging, which once again Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh Sarah's also wearing like a like a satchel in this that I don't recall. I just I feel like back. we've seen him with this thing or we've seen it in his room. Yeah, and they're they're all I'm getting at is their garb, and this is true of Shinso too. So I guess it's not meant to be one to one, but their garb here does not match the way that they were depicted at the beginning. Midoriya seems to be very close, though. Uh, Midoriya seems to be very close. Um, she let me do uh, Saros. Uh, he's got dark pants. Okay, he's got the, dark pants. He's absolutely thing. wearing the same shirt, uh, and he doesn't yeah. have the scarf. Ida's wearing a solid colored shirt. Um, Shinso is in his school uniform, which should have tipped off the uh, uh, Tenji anyway, uh, as, uh, Tenjina, yep. uh, uh, as to what he what he was. He it seems like it comes across as a revelation to him at, at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say this though: the the fact in this this feels out of character for for Ida. Sarah points out that it's like they don't even have a look picked out or a look in mind for this room that they went there to get stuff for. And I'm like, Ida, buddy, what has yeah. Tima, what has Tums done to you? He, so there's a, there's that gaff here. There's a greater one at the very end of this chapter that we'll get to. But here in this one panel where he's, he's doing his robotic arm and he seems to be facing both Sarah and Midori at the same time. That's, that's Ida from the crest of his head to the soles of his feet for sure. Uh, I also like the return of um, I've always liked this little thing that some of the artists do um, where when they're speaking, when you see speech bubbles in a panel by themselves where they aren't obviously assigned to a speaker. Yes. um, That they draw little, um, you know, basically stand ins for who's speaking. I love that. So we have like. Uh, Ida's hair, Midoriya's, or no, Sarah's hair, Midoriya's hair, and then Ida's glasses kind of giving you a, a clue as to who's speaking when. I always have liked that. Oh, There's great. one that I think it was Vigilante, so it would have been Betancourt did for uh, Aizawa that I love. I tried to train myself how to draw it well, and I just have no artistic ability in me whatsoever. Um, and then we get to the next page, which is an interesting page, which is genuinely the most interesting page because we we get we get some world building and we get world building that i hadn't considered before but makes a lot of sense once again with the context of japan how japan is and how the my hero world mirrors modern day japan but uh we are our little mall guide 
uh, explains, like shows uh, Shinzo his quirk, which is conjure, which he, you know, he can target any relatively small object and warp it straight to his hand. And we find out that, but since his quirk, you know, could be easy, easily used to steal stuff, uh, he can't, he hasn't been able to get hired most places, which, which straight up means it's like, oh yes, I went to college. I, I had a 4.0 uh, GPA, uh, but I, I can't get a position anywhere because my quirk could be used to steal stuff. And it was like, okay, that's fascinating. Yeah, it seems as if to get a job in this quirked society, you must disclose your quirk well, as part of the interview process. I was going to say, I mean, you know, I mean, I was going to say, well, everybody's in the quirk registry, but it's like, I guess that some of that stuff might come up in a background check kind of deal. Yeah. Because, uh, well, while that stuff is not directly public knowledge, there are ways to to get it legally. Yeah, I mean, like like most background checks, um, I mean, they're... That's that's true of a lot of information contained in your background check in real life as well. Yes, but it, it's just the fact that it's like, you know, he has no criminal record. He could have all of these merits and, and awards and other things, but it's like, ooh, your quirk could be used to steal. Uh, we won't hire you. Mm -hmm. Which he kind of explains is why he works so hard and why he's he does all this stuff because he wants people to trust him. He wants people to like him professionally because up until this up until this job literally no one would hire him yeah it's reciprocating right so he feels like this mall has done him a favor by hiring him when nobody else would so he wants to make sure that he doesn't disappoint them uh so he's just bending over backwards in every way that he can to to validate their trust in him uh and i mean that's that's a noble motivation like i i think that they did a really good job with him in this chapter in such a short span of time, uh, motivating him and setting up, you know, uh, the, like you said, this world building element to the hiring process, um, just for, for people on the street, not heroes. I think that, uh, that was a really nice. Touch. And, and this leads kind of, uh, into the whole thing of, it's like, well, why do people end up in some of the villain organizations even though we we've definitely met people in a uh, little bit of my hero and definitely vigilantes where they're in organizations that are designated as villain organizations but like they they seem like good and nice people and you're like well why would they be there and it's like well because no one else would hire them because it's like as soon as they were out of uh the education system everybody anytime they tried to get employment they were shunned Yep. Like it's like, oh well, your quirk could be used to steal things, or your quirk could be used or could be destructive, even if you know you have to actually use it for it to do anything. Well, we will not hire you. So these other places, they're willing to hire people, like a well, lot of the Shihei Hisaikai people. It's like some of them. It's like they were they all they did was yard work, and it's like, well, why did you work from them? Well, it could be a family connection, and it could be nobody would hire them. Well, and I think that that adds. A really strong narrative motivation for Shinso and connection yes. uh, to from Shinso to Tenjina because Shinso was picked on and and basically called a villain or headed for villainy because of the nature of his quirk too. And so he, he, a large part of his motivation is, well, people say that that's all I can be with this kind of quirk because of its nature, but I'm going to prove them wrong and overcome that and, and be this uh, effective 
uh, pro hero. And so now he's he's met this other person randomly in the mall who kind of has been painted into a similar corner and is just trying to do his best as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the uh, our three class one A people are spying on him and they're like, okay, well let let's see what he gets, and then you know this will be our chance. Yeah, and they see him uh, by whatever it is. They don't know this. The, the, so much of the the plot of this particular uh, mission relies on dramatic irony that they don't know that he is also there to purchase something on behalf of Aizawa, and that apparently is the thing that he buys yep. um, and, uh, as they're watching him. And it's very convenient that this happened first. It's like so. It's like okay, he went to this. He went to the store and he bought a thing of socks. He must love socks, and it's like. He right. Because he said socks. that he was going to get stuff for himself as well. Yes. But they they key in on this one thing that Aizawa apparently had sent him to buy, which we um, have revealed to us at the very end of the chapter. Now, it, um, and that's what one A kind of gloms on to. Now, admittedly, this could just be well, we've cut out going to all of the other places, but it's probably, yeah. but it's probably based on the fact that this guy was helping him and he had a he had a like a piece of paper, probably the first place he went. So, yeah, they really saw this. Um, and then, I don't know, I guess, like, they waited for him to leave. They hid, waited for him to leave, and then bought all the stuff, probably from the same store. I don't know. Uh, but Midori's like, hold on, hold on, guys, because they want a beeline back for the school. They're like, uh, I'm going to be a minute and go into that exhibit. And um, Sarah's like, oh, yeah, well, of course you want to go in the exhibit. And Ida's like, like, we're behind, like, you, you you know, you're being seduced by the thing. Don't go in there. I'm like, Ida, buddy, as soon as you saw that, you needed to have adjusted your plan. <laughs> right. You you knew that Midoriya was going to Midoriya. It's, it's been in his character from literally chapter one slash episode one. Yes. Uh, so, of course, he's in there geeking out over all the various Which uh, accessories of in display heroes. cases, by the way. N- no. Like, in fact, like the suits most are, of the, some of the them. The suits are. Yeah. It uh, the at best, uh, if it's not in a, a you know in a glass display case, it's just got one of those like cloth or or it's, like seatbelt material off. type barriers around it's it. Yeah, off. that's it. And it's the uh, All Might's uh, April Fool's buckle, which is it's very much like Midori with all the different All Might faces, where it's like he can tell because other Sarah's like it doesn't look any different, but it's like Midoriya and Night Eye would also be able to tell. It's like no, there's a difference. Yeah, e- even though they they give us a panel dedicated to showing the normal in the April Fool's styled buckles, there's there's a there's very, a there's, little bit of a difference, but it's yeah, it's like in the in the depth and the length of the eyes on the buckle is yep. basically what the best I could suss out from that. Yes, but Midoriya also and even that and even that could thing, just be printing, and they're yeah, actually right. exactly the same. Yeah. But Midoriya, as he's taking a closer inspection, he realizes that something's not right. And he reports that this isn't, in fact, the super rare April Fool's Day buckle. It is. It has been swapped for something that uh, isn't that thing that it's, it's said that it is. And so he causes some commotion as he reports this to, uh, presumably, to security. Yes. Um, and then we see a security guard who's there as uh, our, our, our mall guy comes up and he's like, he's like oh, like, what's going on over there and he's asked if something happened um and they explain and he immediately is like oh my god uh they are going to accuse me 
because of my quirk. And Shinsu was like, except you didn't do it. Just be up front and honest about it, which he should have because he has an alibi. Yeah. And Shinso just basically said, I will be that alibi for you. Yes, but he's like, uh, he's he doesn't been, hear that. It's like <laughs> I have he has been with me for like the last hour. Like, yeah, he didn't but do this. This guy nopes out of there, um, which makes him and, look very guilty as the security yeah, guard admittedly is like, hey, like, like very like friendly wise is like, hey, where are you off to uh, to uh Tejina. Tejina. Like, it's more like, oh, hey, what's going on, dude? <laughs> not, like, suspicious. Genuinely not suspicious at all. More like, oh, okay. Hmm. Like, yeah. Um, and Shinzo just kind of, you know, then he notices this other um, mall cop guy who's just, at, or police officer. I'm not sure which. Um, but just acting very suspicious. And Shinzo notices this. Uh, right away. Yeah, because this guy's walking away from the scene of inquiry slash crime, and that catches Shinso's attention. Uh, Midoriya, of course, is all fired up about the the theft of uh, hero memorabilia, specifically All Might memorabilia. So this is where he, uh, the three boys uh, end up crossing paths with Shinso and kind of uh, recruit him to help figure out what's been going on. Uh, of course, Shinso at this point is not licensed, so he says that he can't use his quirk, but Midoriya's just like, ah, eh, we're glad to have you on the team anyway. Yes. Um, and he, I mean, even, even these three really shouldn't be using their quirk, uh, but they, they do have the leeway of, they are, you know, they, they have this stuff, so they could t- maybe respond. Um, but yeah, they go after they go after the guy, um, and they they follow. Um, and it, I do enjoy the Scooby Doo moment of Shinzo kind of actually sneaky, kind of just leading his head a little bit out, where the others kind of fan yeah. down. Uh, Although they misspell sneak, which is weird. Uh, yeah, they do. Um, they point out it's like that guy just looks like a regular guard, like but he keeps adjusting his bag, and he seems you know wary of being watched. Uh, and Shinzo's like, it's almost like he's displaying guilt. Like, it, it doesn't yeah, come off of, like, him explaining, like, being like, oh, he almost, it's almost like he's being guilty. He's like, it's almost like he's guilty. Or he's feeling yeah. guilt, guys. Like, come it's on. That, it's bringing in that psychology, though, which I like. But it's it's um, definitely more of a, come on, guys. Yeah. I like, again, that, that it introduces some of that psychological evaluation or even just body language reading, mm-hmm. um, which also would be good for Shinso and um, something that apparently Aizawa had worked with him on, as we'll see in just a second, because this guy that they're watching, not all that inconspicuously, I, I should say, um, he, is he's moving away from the scene of the commotion. He's on the phone with somebody and Shinso does the weird hand thing as he <laughs> like... It even looks like he's covering one of his eyes, so uh, like maybe he's focusing. Maybe it's, his it's possible. It's eyeball. possible that he's he's just uh, I don't know. It's it's a very anime thing, but this is the point we were talking about where it kind of works. It it fits the mood. It's showing him trying to concentrate as he reads lips. Yeah, he's in shadow, and, and before that, we get a a really good page uh, of just kind of an eye, like Shinzo's eye, um, as he's watching this guy say it, and then we have. Uh, Sarah and Midoriya being like, I, what could he be saying? And Shinzo's like, got the item, headed your way, start the car, and be ready. And they're just like, wait, how did you overhear him? And he's just like, no, I was reading lips. Um, and they're like, oh, he's, you know, 
oh, we got an ace detective on our side. But it's like, no, I like this. I, I genuinely like that Aizawa has, has taught him this because in addition to all of the, um, the capture weapon, capture scarf stuff, he's really teaching him how to operate kind of like Aizawa, obviously without the ability to turn off somebody's quirk, but the fact that he, he's constantly gathering intel. He's, he's a stealth right. hero. He's an ambush hero, or he will be. Um, and, and that is really nice, nicely done in this page. Yeah, they follow this guy into the uh, multi-leveled parking garage, and when the handoff is being made, uh, they, they've got this guy red-handed, and so they, they spring into action. Sero is already in full-on Spider-Man mode, uh, using his elbow tape to uh, propel himself forward. And um, the guys in the car are just like, well, we can just drive away from them. But, I mean, little do they know, I don't think they could effectively drive away from any of the three of these boys, especially not two of them. Like, they have no chance in a vehicle of outrunning Midoriya and Ida. So, and Saro, I would think, uh, it, with his tape, would be able to keep up pretty well, too. Um, Saro's the one person they could maybe outrun, but not not from a full stop in a enclosed environment like this. Like, no. Because that, that is a very nice thing that they do, is we see when Saro goes up, he goes around. Like, he's basically, yeah. he cuts them off um, and then tapes up the exit. Uh, which admittedly, the literally the biggest speed feat in this in this chapter is the amount of tape Sarah got on before. Right, yeah, like it's it's yes, it's a lot. It's enough to to at least convince the villains that it would stop their vehicles' momentum entirely if they were to run into it. Yeah, or or at the very least that if it doesn't stop it, it's going to slow them down. And these kids are going to get them. Yeah, Ida kicks on Recipro Burst and uses it in a very interesting way. He doesn't just catch up to the car. He gets in front of it and uh, uses his speed to counter the speed of the car, bringing it uh, basically to a stop. Um, I never really thought about him using it that way, but it's kind of what he does. It's interesting because it doesn't like I feel like if they'd kept pushing it probably wouldn't have worked i feel like this is like a, a couple second thing because of how reciprocal burst works yeah like sure he can have it going while he's in place but that won't i mean yes there's a there's a equal and opposite reaction but it's it's him running while using that that gives him the speed and power yeah. but they these guys immediately abandon the vehicle which is fair because they're from their perspective this guy's able to stop them yeah, I do like, too, that Ida shouts that they ought to be wearing seatbelts, which is, again, that's on point Ida right there. Yes, uh, but they also should be. Um, yeah. And then uh, as they they get out of the car, Ida goes for the, the fake cop and who throws the, the thing at the other guy. Midoriya catches it. Um, he, he, like, Spider-Man lands on a wall. Um. And, and manages to have an entire like little thing that he says uh, before yeah. uh, gravity punching <laughs> the guy, um, and uh, and then he's like, "Wait, where did the thing go?" Um, and as we see, Shinzo has climbed up into the beams and is just up in the beams. And it's like, what are you doing up there in the beams, buddy? How did you get up there? Like a deck above, maybe? Yeah, and it's like because they all end up. It's standing like, how there did you point. get up there? You don't have your you yeah. don't have your capture weapon. So, what is your interpretation of the movement of the belt buckle here? 
Like, does this guy manage to grab it from Midoriya when Midoriya smashes him? Is that the is that how it gets into his hand? Because Midoriya, oh, yeah, Midoriya does smash him with, with with his right hand, yeah, which is the hand that he was holding the the belt buckle in. So is this guy fast enough to, as he's being smashed, to retrieve this thing from Midoriya? I, I don't know. It's just it's this is just <laughs> poorly done. I spent too much time trying to figure out if somehow the the conjure cork was used to put it into that guy's hands, but that dude's not on the scene, and that has nothing to do with what Shinso's capable of doing. And I was just like, the, the only thing that could have possibly happened is this guy's hands moved so fast that when Midoriya punched him, which is traditionally done with a closed fist, um, that he managed to extricate that belt buckle from Midoriya's clenched fish in the middle of a smash. <laughs> like, and I was like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing. Yep. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't super make any sense. Um, but he lands and then, uh, our, our mall guy basically he, he's running away. And then this guy slams right in front of him. Um, and then it almost like he used his quirk. It is now in his hands. And he's like, huh? He's like, wait, the stolen, how, why? Like, where did, like, and he's just so confused and everybody else runs out and he's like, oh my God, like it, it, this isn't what it looks like. It wasn't me. And they're like, oh yeah, no, we believe you. Like, genuinely great job getting it back and he's like what like you guys didn't suspect me and they're like why would we you're the hardest working guy here like i love that he continues to call this guy mr manager yeah. uh we've talked before about arrested development on the amp oh. uh and there's a great scene where um where uh michael sarah's character is put in control of the banana stand and he his dad is like, you're the manager. And he's like, yeah, Mr. Manager. Or his dad calls him Mr. Manager. And he's like, it's just manager. Because <laughs> he keeps on calling himself Mr. Manager. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't help but think about that uh, as he is teary-eyed, um, appreciating the the valuation of him by his colleagues. Uh, and that's that's kind of the how the heroes have saved the day. And Shinzo's very relieved and, and um, pleased by the fact that uh, Tejina gets all of the credit uh, for saving the and day. And is also standing up on the barrier of the, the parking garage. And, and then we get a, a a thing where they're they're all leaving and then he you know, the guy comes and thanks him. And then we get we get a part that I just it's so weird. Um where he's like, huh, the, the exhibit piece was covered, like uh you got all the coverage. He's like, Yeah, it, it's weird because it, I didn't do anything. In fact the culprit popped down in front of me. Uh, though in that moment I spotted someone else in the parking garage. So we see the guy flying down and I'm like, I didn't realize we were anywhere close to the parking garage. And then it's obviously Shinzo up there. And I'm just like, I don't understand what's happening anymore. <laughs> it's strange. It, it makes it seem as if Shinzo did something to make it such that Tejina is made out to be the hero. But Shinzo does nothing he does nothing uh, like, and this makes it seem like he pushed him off pushed him off or staged it so that tejina would be the person who retrieved it but again that doesn't match with what his quirk is or explain how the villain that ended up uh falling off of the parking garage after the smash ended up with the belt buckle outside of him grabbing it and so shinzo just location gets a, for that matter like yeah of where this all went down so anyway, it's, that's kind of the end. We, we catch up with uh, Shinso uh, training some with Aizawa and being a little bit more determined, possibly inspired by Tanjiro or whatever his name was. He says he's got more in me and 
as I was like, well, that's more enthusiasm than normal. Did something happen? And he's like, no, it's it's fine. And uh, he turns over the item that Aizawa had sent him for, and it's a big-eyed kitty, um, which kind of buries the lead a little bit for what is going to happen when the rest of Class 1A, the boys, uh, come running out, excited to show him something inside. Yes. Uh, I do like, just like, like, uh, like, so, Racer, uh, I got a free, like, you a fan? And he's like, oh, no, it's a yeah. toy for Aerie. I don't buy that line for a second. No, I, I buy the line that, that he would get Aerie exclusively little kitties. I, but Aizawa loves kitties, too. I feel like it could go either way. Um, and then, and then everybody's so excited to see him and they, they show him the room and it's, it's all big eyed kitty. And, and he's just like, what, what is happening? Um, as Aizawa was like, Hey, as they're all become terrified, it's like, who said you could mess with the empty room? And this is, this is the thing you're talking about before with Ida being super out of character where it's like, he's like, you mean we didn't get permission first? And it's like. Ida. Yeah. You he, would have double and triple checked. Yeah. He, so if, if Ida made a checklist, right, he skipped items one and two and went straight for three, which is shopping. So item number one would have been, can we, uh, you know, requisition a room for him? Item number two, what are we going to the mall to buy for this room? Item number three is going to the mall to buy the things. And he doesn't check off one or two before they end up at the mall. Uh, and then so. Aizawa expels all of them as they apologize. I know, I and I that. like that Shinto's that just amused by the whole situation. Yeah. Uh, so that's mission number, tw again, air quotes, mission number 12. Um, the mission here being to, to, to be a interior designer with Shinso in mind, I guess, maybe? I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh... Yeah, not great. Um, let's just let's just move right on to mission thirteen and save our final thoughts for the end. Uh, mission thirteen is called High Calorie Girls. We do get a two-page spread of all the females of one uh, A once again, and they're kind of variously posed on top of a giant like ice cream sundae thing, all like, in maid outfits. And I, I will yeah. give I'll give this art this: the ice cream looks really good, even in black and white in color. The dessert they're, would look amazing. Yeah, they're all in maid outfits except for Hagakure again. Like she's just sitting in this. Oh ice yeah, cream no, she's naked. just in her. She's literally in her hero costume, which is just the yeah. gloves. It's so weird every uh, time they do that. Oh, <laughs> she's just I'm sitting now. butt ass like, naked I, I was, in some ice before cream. Before I was like, Ugh. now I'm like, yeah, ooh, I'm ooh, that's upsetting. I have it a habit of ruining things. I'm sorry. Um, I I will give them this. I like how in like like one of the little wafer things they have team up missions number thirteen. That was a clever way of doing it. Once again, talking about the dessert part looking good. Why are they sitting there? <laughs> yep. Well, we're introduced at the beginning of this. There's a new dessert in town um, called the sugar bomb, and it is what the ladies were sitting upon uh, in and the it two page spread. Delicious. It does. It it looks extravagant uh and very extra as the teens would say and and uh people yes, are lined up around the block uh to eat this thing there's there's quite the wait uh to get it it's the new trendy dessert and uh all the girls in 1a are watching this news report and wishing that they had themselves one of them things yes um and it's at that point that uh Minetta Oh, and actually, first they asked Sarah to make one for them, and then Minetta Sato. or Sato. Um, yeah, and then uh, Minetta comes charging in um, with news about uh, he has gotten a group pass to uh, a place called Tropical. 
because we're being creative with names here, um, which yeah. is like a indoor tropical like water park summer themed attraction thing. Um, and and he's he points out to everybody's like, hey, he got a a group pass, and they're all both surprised and impressed. Um, and he points out, he's like, I worked my butt off to apply for uh, this raffle, and it paid off. And there, and then somebody's like, that's a, uh, that obsessed. And we see stacks of like little things that he's filling out. Yeah, um, and I mean... and it's honestly the that obsessed only works visually like they would have no reason of knowing that i get the gag that we're going for but it, it just occurred to me it's like they they wouldn't know no they wouldn't but they they also sh even if they were aware or if Manetta had uh taken the time to explain the the hoops that he jump, uh, jumped through in order to score this group pass they should have been shocked because his reasoning which he verbalizes on the next yes. page is that it won't just be the chicks from 1a that we get to see in bathing suits but it'll be an all you can peep buffet of bodacious older babes and so he is pro uh, appropriately f for Manetta i should qualify uh, motivated in his pursuits of uh, this group pass. He's not doing so uh, for the good of the group. He's doing so for the eye consumption of himself, which is very on brand for Manetta. Yes, but everybody, uh, most of the girls, uh, except for uh, Jiro, who's just kind of looking over like, I hope, like, I, I don't know, she's looking over like, I think she's going to kill him. That's the look on his <laughs> face that uh, after Sue uh, grabs Mineta, uh to to basically tell Buff, all the girls are like, awesome, cool. And, and the, the genuine impression I get is, cool, we can benefit from Mineta doing this thing. Um, and I, that's fine. Um, and they, they That is until that, Ida reminds well, them that in order to enjoy Tropical, they must use bathing suits. Well, bef shocker. Before that, we find out that this will be in two weeks. Right. Um, and then, yeah, and I just want to comment on this panel. Like, there's there's swoosh lines to try to give activity there, but then his get his hands going out of the panel, which puts the energy going in very different directions, and <laughs> right. it makes it all look awkwardly flat. And I'm like, I don't. What am I looking at panel wise? Well, that uh, indication that the, they will indeed have to be in bathing suits to enjoy this gift of Minetta's, um sets the uh, main four females um, of the group that the rest of this chapter focuses on more heavily. Oh, they um, so that automatopoeia be... over Hakakuri's head. Wow. Yeah, they That's do. That's rude. I know she's invisible, but, so but uh, yeah. wow. So Hagakuri, Mina, Jiro, and Ochako are mortified by this because um, because it's been cold recently as they have worked their way out of winter, and that usually means hardier, heavier uh, more fatty dishes in Jap in Japan. So they ended up putting on some, and this is a quote, plus ultra weight. And so we get into my biggest issue with this chapter is that it's very like, uh, it's not like, it's not really body shaming, but it's very, um, like body dysmorphia. What's the, yeah, I guess there was a term that I used before we started recording that I can't recall now, but it just makes them very body aware, bodily aware. And there, there's nothing in the art to suggest that they actually have put on any weight. It's, it's about this standard. It's yeah, know. it's clearly like basically all in their heads kind of deal, which is which is fine. Yeah, it's, in a real thing it, that happens thing, in teenagers. It's just the execution of literally all of it. Yeah, that is 
it's kind of insufferable. Yeah, I mean, because let's be honest, um, these four young ladies, as they're depicted at the beginning and at the end of this chapter, and in, in all uh, iterations, they're drawn where we can see them. They're not unfit females. Like they are, they're fit young ladies. And, and so they're constantly active. They yeah. basically have hero practice after school every single day. Yeah, but they're body conscious yes. now. Um, and with that, their body styles presented as they always are, that feels problematic to me. If they had been drawn, you know, garishly large for some reason, that would be weird too. Um, so it's not like I needed yeah. a fat Jiro in order to make this chapter work. It's just that there's they touch on a theme that is real, but I don't think they handled it very gracefully, if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, and then we get Mina, who, like, all of them are thinking it, but Mina really kind of instigates it. And I do not care for Mina. Um, <laughs> I do like the minus ultra. Like, that's yeah. that was that was funny. Uh, but then she's like, especially watch out for uh, Sound of Sweets. And he's just like, oh, hi, everybody. Like, I, I made the thing you asked for. Would you want to taste it? Um, and they're like, oh, no, temptation. Um, and they kind of just like rebuff him. They're like, no, like, we will we will pass. No, we will not do this. And he's like, like but, but you asked me to do it. He's like, well, if you say so. He walks off all sad. Uh, and Jiro is like, could I try it? And it's like, you know what, guys? You could have been like, like, because the, then they start like, later kind of being like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. It's like, you could have framed it to yourselves as, well, we did ask him to do this. So let's let's at least try it. And then as soon as this is done, it's it. Because it would be very rude to have asked our friend to do this. Yeah, they just made a decision to cut calories after having already requisitioned Sato for this dessert. Like they could have, you know, said, ah, we'll, we'll start after we enjoy this last little bit of temptation here. And so um, Hagakure, Ochako, and Jiro all dig in, and Mina holds out the longest, but she eventually gives in too and wishes that she could, uh, that she hadn't. She's basically like, she can't stop eating this thing. Um, and then Sato being Sato, he's like, oh yeah, there's more, and proffers some cake, and this is where they call. Well, especially because uh, they, for... they, they, they're all of them complimenting, like, oh my god, have your skills leveled up? Like, He's apparently become like he was a good baker before. He is quite good at confectionaries, apparently. Yeah, he's always been like a a really strong sweet cook, like as far as like desserts and yes, but it, in a pastry. But apparently, stuff. his skills have improved. And then we get and then we get um the girls specifically Mina crying to uh Momo like save us uh Dora Momo and I'm like I don't I've never heard her called that before. Me neither. And I thought maybe Dore stood for something and I couldn't find anything definitive. So I have no, that probably is again, an, an issue of translation where in the Japanese it works better or communicates something specific. Yeah. But they cry out for Momo. They get Momo and Sue, both of whom have their own explanations for how it is that they managed to keep their weight in check. Neither one of which works exceedingly well. No, uh, for Momo, they, and this has been consistent in, in Tom's, that runs contrary to the the main series where they talk about where she says like you know she uses uh the exact quote here is well every time i use my creation quirk i expend some of the fat i've built up it's like it's lipids it's not it's not the same not the same thing because if it was if it was fat then you should be 
you should be similar to fat gum in the sense that you bulk right. up so you constantly have ammunition. Yep. But that that's not what you do. And then Sue's explanation is that she can vomit up her stomach, which seems to indicate that that is how she keeps her figure. But that's not like that yeah. makes it sound like she suffers from an eating disorder as if as if she's saying, I am able to keep my weight because I vomit up the contents of my it, stomach or I vomit up my it, stomach. Yes, it's it's the implication. It's like, are you bulimic? Is everything OK? Yeah, like, it's not good, and that's not... Mm, and and that's yeah, not I, what she's actually saying, either. No. Like, that. that no. is also not why frogs vomit up their stomachs. Right. Uh, I, uh, I hated the explanation for both of them. Yes. Um, they, they do finally get around... I, I do like Mina's declaration that um, it really is about self-discipline, which is good and inappropriate. Momo explains that they need to just participate in some aerobic exercises, which is just l low impact, high cardio, uh, vascular workout kind of stuff, uh, not necessarily requiring a bunch of strength. A thing they do two hours of every day already. Yeah, right. Um, and so in, in light of all of the aerobic opportunities that they have at the school, Jiro comes up with an alternative idea that's supposed to be, that presumably would work better than the opportunities that they have at the school. Uh, yes, um, but but from there we we cut to the to the guys who are like, hey, where are all the where are all the girls? Like, where's half of our class? Um, uh, they haven't been around a lot lately. Lately, and Sarah's like, it, it or Seto is like, I think they've been avoiding me, and he seems really hurt. And I'm like, oh no, why could you fit more in this chapter? He's so sad. Like he just wa he's just he, a people pleaser, he, man. He just wants panel time. Yeah, that too. Um, and then they find out that they they went for karaoke. So you have kind of like a like the the guy squad of Mineta, Kirishima, Saro, and Kaminari, you know, going to the karaoke bar to to join them, and even to the point a where very they, Japanese thing. Yeah. So so they go in, and it's something where even where um like Mineta, like like knock knock girls, we're here to sing, and they all go in. It's it, none of them are like reprimanding Mineta because genuinely. I, I genuinely think they were all there to go sing with them. Yeah, I think so too. This is a very like they all um, look happy and like, oh hey, we're gonna have a ton of fun. Yeah, and what they walk into is interesting. Um, so the girls are going hard at karaoke. Jiro is the only one that appears to be singing, uh, while Ochako is very violently performing the headbang. Um Mina is breakdancing by spinning uh, on her head. And, and in like a... honestly does not, looks like she's about to to just destroy Ochako. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah. so she's doing some physical stuff. Um, and then Hagakari has, I, I guess, tambourine in her mouth and in yep. both of her hands. Yep. I, oh, yeah. no, 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 those, uh, are, those are motion lines. Yeah, those are motion lines. Yeah, Never it's mind. motion. Uh -oh. Yeah, it's... It's her. It's meant to convey that she's just pumping these things wildly, and and Minette and all the others are just like, "Sorry, what?" And they're like, "Whoops, wrong, wrong room." As they they I guess go to a different room to go do karaoke. As they're just like, "I don't understand," and I don't want to understand. Yeah, while they're there, I hope they did, did uh, eventually get to karaoke. After all, we do see the girls leaving, um, and and there's the. 
comment by Jiro, singing sure does take a lot of energy as if this karaoke provided an aerobic experience that they couldn't have gotten doing any of the things available for them at 1A. I'm pretty um, sure Ochako mm. has some has has a concussion. Yeah, yeah, she's got uh, like uh, swirlies in her eyes and she's dizzy. Mina's talking about how adding in dance moves really works up the sweat as if she was singing in addition to dancing, which I don't believe at all. Though I'll give her that the dancing part working up a sweat. I'll 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 grant that. Hey, oh yeah, yeah. That tracks. It's the adding it that doesn't. And uh, Hagakure is talking about how she was rocking that tambourine as if that, whatever. It's <laughs> this whole conceit is very dumb. Uh, yep. And then they're like, you know what? We're getting hungry. So they're like, hey, okay, like, let's get some food, but we have to be careful. And then an and then an elf, an a, influencer, a, a, an influencer elf, um basically is offering them a ton of sweets uh for free and it's not just them it's they have a card of it it's it's being offered uh it's, it's the sugar bomb stuff it's being offered to basically anybody who who goes over to their to their little stand um and he, he tries to be very nice about it and then they're like no and he's like oh, okay because um, initially he's they're like oh no thank you and he's like hey it's free which is which is fair enough because initially it comes off as he's trying to sell something that's like oh hey no we're it's part of the promotion it's free, yeah it's free and you don't have to stand in line like all these other people I'm just giving these out for funsies he's he's Mr Beasting it basically, basically here, but he does get turned down and he doesn't quite understand why um yeah uh and then they're, and then they're they're all so dramatic about oh no we we almost got got um. Yeah, I I do appreciate, though, that it is that scene um, does bring together the aerobics and also the self-control that Mina had hinted at earlier. So that's that's almost it's are they all crying blood? Uh, Oh, yeah. In that one panel where they're all saying no, thank you. Yeah, it does look that way. I didn't catch that detail previously. Um, I just saw it. Um, and then it's at that point they they hear a, a voom, uh, and then they're like, "What's that sound?" And like somebody's like, "Run, girls! A villain's gone nuts!" Uh, and then we see, then we see a, a guy just had it was like ethereal, like ethereal black kind of wisps coming off of him, uh, attacking that influencer guy. He's like, "You disgust me!" He's like, "What I ever do to you, man?" And then the guy's just like, "You make up, you know." Pretty much just like, oh, you make people with normal jobs feel like fools, uh, and I won't stand for that. So the guy basically is like, I don't have a like a fancy job like you, so I'm going to kill you. Yeah, this guy's definitely white collar and angry about it, that he's got to work like a nine to five while this guy is making money off of ad revenue or whatever. Not, uh, not realizing very... that this guy probably works like almost all of his waking hours it doesn't actually probably have a lot of chances to relax like a lot of kind of like the big influencers who have to constantly be working yeah so he's he's angry he's like a dollar story destro where um his emotions are projected outward perfect description instead of making him bulk up and so the girls intervene uh or interpose themselves between the influencer and this this angry white-collared man and uh, he kind of explodes a little and kind of pushes them back. And uh, they all just go ham. They they super move him. Acid Veil, Gunhead Martial Arts, Heartbeat Fuzz, and Warp Refraction and, uh, all at once at this dude. And, and I got to say, uh, one of these things is not like the other. Um, Ochako, uh, 
I I'm pretty sure. Like, it, it's weird because the next panel, the guy's like, like, oh, you're trying to protect them. That pisses me off even more. Um, it seems like they're all really close when they get hit. Um, and uh, Ochako's the farthest away at that point and i'm like okay so three of these people used range attacks and you went in right. with the close range attack as all of these other things including acid were were hitting him mm. smart move ochako just absolutely galaxy brain move to, to oh my god i hate this so much yeah she she definitely enters the firing uh the firing lane like uh, her getting get... knocked away i can't tell if that's from this guy's quirk or from her friends hitting her with friendly fire <laughs> right <laughs> yeah they all get blasted backwards presumably by this guy's quirk because they make comments about how he must have gotten stronger and then jiro explains that it's probably just his quirk that makes he turns strong emotions into bursts of energy so yeah he's powering up and seems to be doing more even as he dashes in their direction which i don't i don't hate it means they've learned about either, either this is common knowledge that some quirks will work like this kind of like how in vigilantes people are like oh with people with those kind of quirks where they have to be naked for them to to work uh, or this yeah. is something they've learned in, in school. So it's like, okay, this kind of jumped to it based on this other stuff and probably having learned about it or just society kind of knowing about these quirks is, is actually genuinely the most interesting thing in this chapter. Well, and then we get this plan. And whereas earlier in this chapter, there were some common sense studied and tested peer-reviewed instructions on how to lose weight and how you know your digestive system works and stuff here the plan is let's scarf these sugar bombs which will give us an instantaneous uh, boost to our energy and efficacy so they it's not how that works yeah it's not and so they scarf down yeah, the sugar bombs you that's not how that works yeah so they scarf down the sugar bombs they claim that this is what makes them strong and then they perform a uh, like a co-op move called the high calorie desperate attack, and they kapow this guy in the in the face, I guess, and they they did the thing, and they are appreciated. Um, I'll I'll say this: um, the the influence guy, but like you're eating it now after you turn me down, would have been much better if it's like you're eating this now, like yeah. like literally that little change of being like this does not seem like the time, girls. Um, and then, yeah, then they just take them down and they're like, oh, they're heroes. Uh, and then we cut forward to the end of the two weeks where they're they're at the place. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen Mineta happier. Uh, he's <laughs> he also, well, he's, I don't know. He's he was pretty happy with so, Madam Puppy He's Mill. also so far in the foreground that he's gigantic compared to his classmates to the point where yeah. it's like, I get what you're doing. It looks awkward. Yeah, Ida looks like a Ken doll in that particular panel. Um, yes, but we get yeah, to no. two. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, definitely. Um, we do get the two ladies who were comfortable with their bodies for dubious reasons in a panel being uh, uh, ogled visually by um, Mineta, who is interrupted by a beach ball or a volleyball one uh, to his face. And it looks like maybe Jiro was even the person that kind of threw it at him yes. as... Okay. Yes. Uh, so the the body conscious ladies are there. They look exactly like they would have in these costumes at the beginning of the chapter. Um, so it's just that I like I get what 
it was a very real issue that they were handling, but it was handled not well, not no. gracefully, not visually um, communicative. So, yeah, the, I mean, this, the whole chapter really also the time made frame me becomes questioned because they they point out like, oh yes, we ate all those calories and then we burned it off. So I guess we were even, and I'm like. Yeah, this was I mean, two even, weeks. This was this was two Sue, weeks that happened the same day. And Sue even kind of implies that yeah, they they were fat and had lost weight because she says yeah, you four really put the work in. Or or I mean, I, I you see could, the you results. Could even take that as it's like oh wow, you four were were really doing a lot of workouts and stuff like that over that time. Uh, but then as soon as uh, I guess three of them get into the water because Hagakari, if she's there. Once again, she's covered up by an onomatopoeia. Um, and then as soon as they get into the water, they start, like, doing laps. Yep. And Sue just comments, and this is the last line of this mission, where she says they're still in an exercise mindset. And that's uh, mission number 13. Uh, man, re- t- t- man, last time that we recorded, we could at least enjoy the majority or or significant elements of one out of the two that nope. i did not get that from i this. did not either like finding the joy or finding the positives in these were like okay what where can i stretch or where does it actually have a little bit of an interesting thing and that was easier admittedly with 12 than 13 yeah uh yeah, 13, I mean, the highlight really is Best Girl being in it, Jiro, but I don't like the way that she was characterized in it at the same time. No. I feel like of the ladies, she would be the least body conscious, even though I will I will qualify that some with the fact that uh, there is a scene in the anime where Mineta makes a comment about the size of her bust, and she does seem to take that um, sensitively. But I think, like, of those... I mean, what the the hell does haga curry care um <laughs> you know like i mean she's I she's, she's, she's she yes she's an invisible invisible woman she still cares about how she looks or how she feels about how she looks yeah um it's it's just it was so awkward it it dealt with a real teen issue we're not trying to belittle that it just it dealt uh, with it poorly in their, it did it really did like and i understand that there are people who are by by many standards, beautiful young men and women, because females are not the only people that struggle with body dysphoria or um, body positivity issues, uh, that they would be considered beautiful or handsome, and yet they don't perceive themselves that way. Uh, and, and do various things, like I knew a person who would very strictly only eat the recommended serving sizes of everything, um, and, and did that because of uh, how they perceived their body to be. And so, all of that is a very real issue, and bec- I would suggest, um, or I would posit that it, that issue is so sensitive that it shouldn't have been handled at all, especially not this way. Yes. So um, that's missions twelve and thirteen. Uh, at least we're done with them. Yeah, that's, good. that's that is genuinely the best thing I can say about them is that we are done with them. Never to be read again. Um, you, oh man. So we got at least one more episode of this. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> there's three more missions left in this particular volume. We'll see if we try to just bulldoze through three in the next episode or if we parse them up one way or another, but we can, we can tackle that off air. Yep. Yeah, that's, uh, 
that that is a to be determined. But I do appreciate you. I mean, absolutely slogging through this stuff with me, especially in Adam's absence. Maybe we'll get him back for um, one of the future episodes. He's still kind of in recovery mode. So we're trying to let him rest up as much as we can. Um, but yeah, team up missions, at least for the next uh, episode of the AMP, that will be that will be the topic of discussion. Um, perhaps after that, we may circle around to getting back into some smash as a good palate cleanser. And just a reminder that there is good stuff in the MHA realm. <laughs> um, that seems like me and my post mission 12 and 13 slump feels like I just need some smash. Uh, like that little bit of ginger at the, uh, you know, on your, on your plate of sushi, just mm. a palate cleanse. And uh, so that, that may be the, the, the future of the AMP over the next couple of recordings, but Mark and I will reconvene in two more weeks, uh, tackling some number of missions between two and three uh, and rounding out uh, volume three, hopefully in the next uh, recording or two. Um, so stay tuned, read ahead if you want, or, you know, like I said, don't uh, <laughs> just let us do that work for you and just thank us on Twitter and tell your friends. <laughs> Um, so you can find us again at almighty pot on Twitter. Uh, if you visit the pinned tweet, there's a link to the discord where that community is very, very active. Um, pretty much every day there's conversations and not just about my hero academia, but very frequently that along with, uh, pretty much any other animes. If you name drop a title in there and ask if somebody's watching it or reading it, the answer is yes. And they want to engage in discussions. Mark, where can people find you and hero notes on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at ChaliOnX. It's at C-H-A-L-I-O-N-X. And you can find the uh, the Hero Notes podcast on Twitter at Hero Notes Pod. And again, guys, we we apologize. Um, but we're 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 so glad that you're listening to us perform this public service. Um, <laughs> and hopefully <laughs> you will rejoin us for more of the same in two weeks' time. We'll see you guys then. Thank you.